Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Hey, good morning, morning everybody. Uh, welcome yeah. to uh, the this week's podcast. The part of David Thompson is being played by Jeff Welch this week. So, <laughs> thanks for well, having me. Welcome, Pastor Jeff. It's yeah. been, been a while since you've been here. How yeah. how are things? They're okay. I'm busy. Yeah. You guys know it's a busy time of the year. Yeah, fall Church fall right. starts up and everything yeah, starts up. Going, School so. starts up and all the things that come along with that. Yeah, all the all changes. The, all the things that were on break for the summer are ramping back up in the fall. Yeah. It's not a slow time in the church. I think this is probably one of the busiest times in the church for most most of the year, I think. But yeah. yeah, I think everybody's kind of been, you know, in hibernation and now yeah. everybody wakes up and comes out. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot going on in our building right now because uh, we, we kind of, uh, have the Girl Scouts meeting here, and then we've got uh, Parks and Rec is doing an after-school program ah. here. Stars Theater Group is in here this week doing their their Wizard of Oz production, which is huge. And so, yeah, it's been um, yeah, it's been hopping. Yeah, and that's just people. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's not even the church stuff going on. So, yeah, but it yeah. is good. It's cool to see uh, a lot of life in the building, and and it's kind of one of those weeks where there's more people that aren't part of our church using the building than yeah. that are part of our church, yeah. which is kind of. Kind of cool. It is. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. No, I think it's ours is getting more like that too with the commons and news and all that. So I'd, I'd rather be used and have it be in sit dormant, you know, just yeah. like, yeah, that's what it's for. So. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we can provide to the people in the community. I like that. We walk up to... It just makes that bridge. Oh, go ahead. It just I think it just helps that that gap to be less. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it gets people kind of familiar with yeah. just, just the idea of coming into a church. Oh, and, it's okay to come yeah, into a church. It's not, right. know, the, roof, the roof didn't cave in. And, <laughs> the know. lightning didn't strike. Right. All that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I can tell you, last night, the parking lot was full. Like We came down to a football game. There's a school across the street, and we came down to the football game, and we ended up parking over here because that parking lot was full. And then our parking lot was pretty full just with all the activity. And Was it the, it was cool. is the, the production going on now? So on Wednesday nights, we have – there's uh, the – uh, redemption group meets here, yeah. recovery group, and then they had a the uh, yeah the practice going for stars and the school uses. I mean, a lot of people park over here when there's a school event yeah. going on anyway. So uh, anyway, what I started to say when we walked in, the uh, uh, there was this big sign on the office door, you know, our office door that said women's dressing room. So uh, yeah, we, we got demoted. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, huh? And we used it anyway. But, yeah. yeah, you had to knock before you went in. It's yeah, I, actually, so I was the first one here, and I did knock before because the door was closed. Oh, oh no, <laughs> they had that sign on there, and, and like, there's nobody else here, but just to play safe, I knocked yeah. on the door, and nobody answered. No, nothing happened. Good. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. uh, any any big CBC news or Welch news that we need to know about before we before we jump in? Just not that I know. Of. Okay, yeah. all right, we're all caught up. <laughs> I think so. Well, cool. Well, uh, uh, we uh, got a question from a listener. One of our faithful listeners uh, chimed in with a question this week, and so we're going to tackle that David? one. No, no, it's <laughs> actually somebody that wasn't us, which is nice because yeah. I think um, two things. One, when we come up with our own questions, it's what's interesting to us and what's right. relevant to us. But when you get something from outside, it probably, you know, it's probably more than one person that's thinking about this. Right. This is one of those uh, topics that I think um, is probably on a lot of people's minds, especially today. And it's mm-hmm. uh, should we take the Bible literally? 
And um, basically what it kind of stemmed from was he was talking about the, they have a, a group that meets a uh, Bible study group with a bunch of different people in it. And uh, everything kind of seems like it's just subjective and up for personal interpretation when they're in this mm-hmm. study together sometimes. And so people will speculate about what they think a passage means based on uh, how they feel about it or maybe how society feels mm-hmm. about it, rather than just to kind of accepting it at face value and um, submitting to what's literally being taught. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, you know, he just kind of said, when, when do you know when to take something literally and when not to? And so, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Yeah. I'm going to pray first because it's a big topic, and you know you guys are right. the ones that have to answer the question. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, Father, thank you so much for this time. We get to hang out as brothers. Uh, we pray that this would be uh, an encouraging time, not only for us as we as we have fellowship and talk about something that's uh, we believe dear to you, but also encouraging to your people that listen as well. And uh, Lord, help us to come away kind of understanding um, your heart for your word and and uh, how it impacts our life. Um, thank you for providing it for us, Lord. We're grateful that we we have the Bible and uh, all it contains for us. And so bless this time we have now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, we know the Bible is a, a, a basically a library of books that... Um, 66 different books uh, written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors. Just that alone <laughs> kind of begs the question, how can we take something like that literally? That's your first question. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we, I mean, we believe because the Bible says like it's inspired by God, mm-hmm. you know, written ultimately by God through men over that period of time and over the, the various geographies of where those men lived. Um, and we're told that the Bible gives us everything that we need uh, for life and godliness. Yeah. 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 I think it, you know, and you think about that passage, it talks about being, you know, the word of God being living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, or that it's profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, Mm -hmm. for what purpose? So the man of God or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, so I think there is that aspect of it where, I mean, was it Second Peter where it talks about, you know, men being moved along by the Holy Spirit? That's that's how the Bible came to be, you know. It's yeah. it's written by God essentially, but he's he's really I mean, I think the the amazing thing about it is that he's allowed men in their own culture, with their own style of writing, in their own occupation even, to 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 put to put these forth these books for us, but understanding that behind it all is God directing it. You know. yeah. Well, and so so even what you guys are talking about, obviously, there's an element of faith mm-hmm. that, right. that that we have to you know acknowledge that that we are believing that this is a, a book that is inspired by God, God breathed, as it says, mm-hmm. and and so that takes faith, but it, not faith alone, because the Bible has been proven over and over again. What are some of the ways that you know you guys would say it's been proven? When I think about, <clears throat> and maybe this isn't a this is more of a maybe a faith thing than a proof thing, but just like the thread of redemption throughout the Bible from mm-hmm. beginning to end, that, that you see this this cohesiveness um, <clears throat> that spans time and that spans people and that spans geography, uh, that's pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can get into arguments. Like I remember years ago, like <clears throat> when I was a young youth pastor, I was really into apologetics uh, mm-hmm. for a period of time. And like Josh McDowell was one of my heroes, you know, back in the day. And, and I think I remember him saying something about Bible prophecy and you know, there, there was an illustration that he used. Maybe you guys have heard it, but, you know, if you were to, to whatever big football stadium in Texas, like the Cowboys Stadium, mm-hmm. if you were to fill it full of silver dollars, you know, six feet deep and, you know, the, go in and pick one specific silver dollar out of that, like that would be uh, the same um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
Ch- uh, chance. Same chance of a yeah. Bible prophecy, you know, coming to be fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, you know, silly analogy maybe, but like things like that are compelling, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. I mean, what do they say? I think there's 300 and some prophecies that were made about Christ in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in him, some still to be fulfilled. Right. You know, I think the other part of it, too, just thinking about it maybe a little bit secularly, is that you can you can look at people that are mentioned in the Bible. I mean, even just look at the book of Acts, and you can go to historical sources like Josephus and there they've proved that those people actually lived right. then and that was that was who they were and that you know so there's evidence that we see just even in I know separate from sort of biblical history that these were real people in real times and those things were mm-hmm. happening and I think you can trace that that way I think that's a well and even beyond yeah. that there's times when history caught up with the Bible. So the Bible said something for years that they sure. said, there's no way that's right, and then realized, oh, the Bible was right about this all along. Right. Right. And that's happened time and time again without yeah. going into specifics. Right. But that's, you know, that's pretty compelling. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the prophecy part is super compelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been accurate, uh, you know, and, and again, there's some things that haven't been proven, and somebody could say, well, it's not yeah. completely accurate, but it's been really accurate. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of touched on this, but personal testimony life's transformed mm-hmm. you know by this powerful book and and, and yeah. we see that on you know we get to see that as, as pastors yeah. god's word washing over people's lives and changing people that just wouldn't be changed otherwise mm-hmm. i mean right. it's, it's a miracle when you yeah. see kind of um it's it's an amazing book yeah yeah and and so we're convinced obviously uh, you know of that and you know um and you guys mentioned several of the verses <laughs> but but the bible itself you know we have a presupposition that the bible is God breathed and, and, and His Word. Uh, the Bible claims that itself, and we see that in places. You talked about Second Peter. Um, you know, no prophecy was ever produced by the will mm-hmm. of man, but you know, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And then we see passages like Hebrews three seven, where it says, "Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice, well, He's they're quoting something written right. by David, but yeah. they're saying the Holy Spirit wrote it. And we yeah. see that in Acts, you know, where um, you know the Holy Spirit was right and saying to your fathers through the Isaiah the prophet. Again, Isaiah was writing. But they're they're saying no. This was the Holy Spirit who was. Yeah. So you see those kinds of things. Yeah. And then of course you know Second Timothy three sixteen, which you already mentioned, mm-hmm. that all Scripture is breathed out by God. So what are the implications of believing the Bible is in, is the inspired Word of God, or that God is the author? Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, we can look at all all the proof that we want, even you know historical proof or archaeological mm-hmm. proof or whatever, um, and and see like you know we have a lot of evidence to show that the Bible has been preserved over history, and we have a lot of evidence of mm-hmm. you know early manuscripts and and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, but at the end of the day, the question is: Is the Bible the Word of God? Because if it is, then everything in it matters. Mm-hmm. If it's not the Word of God, it, it it doesn't matter so much. Yeah. But but if if these are words breathed by God and Inspired by the Holy Spirit over time, then, then it, it it's the most important thing that we have in life. Yeah, yeah, and I think it. You know, I heard a phrase. I don't know how many years ago it was, but it, but the Spirit of God um, through the Word of God changes the people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think it is, it is the Spirit of God and the Word of God working in tandem. I think that's that's. In my mind, that's part of the only reason we see any sort of effect happening right. on a Sunday morning preaching. 
Yeah. You know, that that's yeah. it's God's spirit that's working. Yeah, it's not our words. To take <laughs> I mean to take things and 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 apply it specifically into people's lives, but I think it is the word of God that does that. And I think that's true even in our witnessing, you know, as we're we're sharing truth from God's word, whether it's bringing comfort to somebody or it's um, you know, encouraging them through different things or whatever the case might be. Um, but I think the implications <clears throat> sometimes can be negative as well. Is uh, you know where people might say, "Oh, well, you really believe the Bible? You believe right. all that stuff is true?" Yeah. You know, and we have to be able to say yes, but I think we also have to be able to say, "Well, why is that the case?" You know, and you think yeah. about just what it lays out for us, just how we're to live our life. You know, I was thinking about Psalm one nineteen. You know, where it says, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." Yeah. You know, where it is more than just a guidebook for life. I right. Mean, it really basic instructions before yeah, leaving Earth. Right. I, I always drove me crazy. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think about it, you know, even Christ in was it Luke twenty four, where he's sharing with the guys on the road to Emmaus, and it tells us that he goes back to the Old Testament for us, and he shares from the scriptures all about him. You know, so I think that's the other piece of it for me that I just have come to believe more and more is that the the. The, the Bible is about Christ from Genesis to Revelation. Right. Yeah. You know, it is, it's, it's either talking explicitly about him or it's pointing us to him. Right. You know, um, I just, I don't know any other book that, that is, is timeless, that's reliable, it's trustworthy. It, 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 has, it has just the objective standard of truth that we don't have in our world, you know, and I think, right. I think we also, one of the things that we find, I, I don't know about you guys, but it's amazing to me to read about things in the Bible that happened thousands of years ago that were being written to a culture thousands of years ago, but you look at and read it today, and you're like, oh, that sounds like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still relevant. Yeah. Still, still matters. Yeah. 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 We, we live That's in a, a cultural moment, and, and maybe it's been this way throughout time and history, but I think perhaps more now than any time in my lifetime, at least, and maybe you guys would agree that, you know, people are saying that the Bible's outdated or antiquated, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to, like, a sexual ethic and things like that, that, right. that we've moved beyond that. And, you know, to your point, Jeff, that, I mean, the Bible is timeless, and it has truth that spans time and spans cultures and, and those kinds of things. And again, it comes down to, you know, do we truly believe that it is mm-hmm. the Word of God? Um, but it's it's becoming more and more difficult to stand for biblical truth in our mm-hmm. culture just with how things well, have shifted in I recent think years. That's partly what we're going to be getting into um, as we talk about this. But but we believe that it's a cohesive, complete story. Um, you know, I think the way you read the Bible matters. And and mm-hmm. and, and you kind of talked about how um, Jesus is the hero of the Bible. And and when you when you read the the Bible in a very simplified way of uh, creation, fall redemption and restoration. Yeah. That's really the story of the Bible. And, yep. and everything we read fits into one of those categories mm-hmm. to some degree. And I think, you know, people have a hard time understanding how to read the Bible and interpret the Bible. And, and we'll talk more about that. But but if your implications are that this that God is the author of this book, if that's your presupposition, mm-hmm. um, that, then we know that it's authoritative. We right. know that it's true. We know that it's good for us. We know that it's objective truth. And we know that we bow to it, yep. yeah. not the other way around. Right. And now, if, if your presupposition <laughs> is that God is not the author of this mm-hmm. book, that, then that, that's going to change the way you interact with it. That, that's where basic instructions before leaving Earth comes in. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, at, and at the end of the day, it bows to you. It, yes. You're, yeah. You bring God's word into submission to you, which sounds so bizarre to us. But the, but we see that everywhere, yeah. even in the church, and it's yeah. very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But it, but it, it goes back to this this presupposition you have: Is this the word of God? Mm-hmm. 
or not. Yeah. And we, we would give lip service to that. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. but our functionally, we don't act that way. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I think that the part of the, the question we got mm-hmm. from this listener is, is is this is where it's going. Is, right. Is you have these people that are claiming to be followers of Christ, claiming yeah. this is the word of God, but they're not submitting to the word of God even a little. Yeah. You know, it's very subjective yeah. and, and, and open I think to the worst, interpretation. The worst question that can be asked in a Bible study is, what does this mean to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's like well, no, that's part of where yeah. the question came from. Right. Is, is we'll, we'll, that. we'll get into that. Hold on to that thought. Okay. But um, let me ask you guys this: So we've established that the Bible is a book that can be taken literally. Do you guys read the Bible literally? Sometimes, when it tells us to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the rub, isn't it? No. Yeah. This is it. yeah. Yes. When it's meant to be taken literally, mm-hmm. of course we do. But yeah. there are times when, when it's not. Now, here's the, here's the problem that we're going to run into, and this is the slippery slope. And I think this is where, where we run into the people in Bible studies that are doing weird things. Is you, You've got non-Christians out there that, that call us hypocrites because they will say, you guys claim that this is the Word of God, and yet you won't take it literally. So you're not, you know, you guys aren't stoning people. Um, you know, you're eating shellfish wrapped in bacon. You're, you know, you're, you're doing these things like, yeah, I know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm a little hungry right now. But the clear accusation is that Christians just pick and choose mm-hmm. what they want from the Bible, and and um, and and that's a big problem at face value. And but this that, is why there's truth to that, though. But we do well, but there's a reason people we do. do. Yeah, yeah. There, there's right. there's a reason we do, and so mm-hmm. um, I think that's why a lot of people have a, have a lot of Christians even have a hard time knowing how to you know do we do we interpret like even Genesis. I mean, the way you read Genesis changes the way you're going to read the rest of the Bible sometimes. Right. And yeah. that, that's one of those, you know. Um, so, uh, and I also think it's one of the reasons why teachers today are, are often trying to avoid the Old Testament or trying to get people just to, you know, don't pay any attention. Don't, don't look over there because mm-hmm. it's just going to cause you problems um, <laughs> right. pretty much because you're going to have to answer for these things that, yeah. and so just just ignore that and, mm-hmm. and stick with the new, you know, the New Testament. So, um, so how do we justify or defend what looks like picking and choosing? Um, so that we're not accused of, of hypocrisy. Um, mm. That's kind of the question we're going to get yeah. into next. Yeah, so it seems like a good question for the seminary grad. <laughs> well, it's, 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 we're going to get into probably a lot yeah. of different ideas here. But well, I think it, I mean I was because I've been thinking about this since you guys put it out. Is that I you know there um, we know that the Bible is sixty six books, but we also know there's different genres in the Bible, and so. There will there will be different books that we'll come to, some that we will read literally, and then we come to a book like Psalms or Proverbs, and we recognize this is poetry given to us. So we're not going to necessarily take these things literally. And there's times when we read things, like even when we think about Abraham and Isaac, when they're, when they're going up the mountain, you know, before he's supposedly supposed to sacrifice Isaac, and the Bible says he's carrying the fire. He doesn't have fire in his pocket. Right. right, it's like, but it, helping us to understand he's he's carrying what would be made he would use to make a fire, um, and so I think there's you know there's different ways that we read some of those different scriptures, and I think Revelation is probably a a, um, a a good example to us for that is because there are times when we can read it literally, and then there are times when we we hear words like it was like this. Well, even yeah. the set, even the, even the setup for the book. So, like, if you look at the setup for the book of Luke, for instance, um, you've got Luke saying, "Hey, dear Theophilus, I've compiled mm-hmm. uh, this information. I've got eyewitness accounts. Uh, basically, uh, what I'm about to bring you is historical." 
you know, evidence. Right. I mean, you know, Factual. you're clear. Yeah. Then you look at the way John sets up Revelation. He's like, right. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day on the island yeah. of Patmos, and I saw something like seven golden lampstands. You know, I mean, right from yeah. the start, you realize, yeah. okay, this dude's tripping a little bit. You know, there's something, <laughs> there's something going on. You know, this yeah. is we're gonna we're gonna read these two things differently. Yeah, but that's genre. Yeah. Um, so, but before we jump into more of those ideas, which because you're right on the money, th- this comes down to the the big you know the big theological term is. is um, how we read the Bible matters, and, and this is the study of hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you again, we can Chad can answer it too. So we don't have to just make Jeff answer all of them. But what is <laughs> what is hermeneutics? Because yeah. this, this this kind of goes to the heart of what we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, T- take it, seminary grad. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's I think we know hermeneutics as how we interpret the Bible. Yeah, you know, and how we how we come to understand it. I think, I mean, there, there's, in my mind, there was, um, I don't know how many years ago this was, but there was a book written called Living by the Book by mm-hmm. Howard Hendricks that um, he, he gave us some really, I think, good tools in how to learn to study the Bible and interpret the Bible. Um, and just looking at it from reading it, observing it, and applying it. Right. And, and asking some really basic questions of that. I think, you know, even if you just look at the Gospels and you just asked three questions from the Gospels. Who is Jesus? What did he do? What does it mean to follow him? All those questions are answered in those four books of the Gospel. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it is helping us to learn how to interpret it correctly. And I think that probably is sometimes the challenge, because I, we all know people that will say, well, I don't understand the Bible sometimes, or right. I don't understand the Bible all the time, you know, but I think that's part of the interpretation piece that I wonder if we leave out sometimes is the Spirit of God. Well, and, and I think the Bible even says that it's spiritually discerned that, these, yeah. that, that you you know that you can't you can't divorce the spirit from right. understanding the right. Bible. It's 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 he's yeah. necessary for it. Yeah. But but the idea that there are there are general principles and mm-hmm. practices that we would apply to understand and interpret the Bible is, is something key. And you don't have to be a seminary student Mm-mm. to to apply the the idea of hermeneutics. Um, so, for instance, you talked about genre. And, and this is really important. I mean, some of the think about what how many genres there are you can think of right now. Prophecy is a specific genre. Revelation, we talked about yeah. that. There's places in the Old Testament where it's clear you're talking about prophecy. Yep. You're going to read that differently than you would poetry mm-hmm. or, or parables, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. There's historical narrative. There's times when you know for sure you're you're, yep. you're reading a historical narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's wisdom literature. There's stuff like Ecclesiastes. We're not really sure what to do with it. Exactly. <laughs> like, do we, or Song of Songs. Do we just allegorize this whole thing? Yeah. Or do we... Yeah. Um, you know, what do we do with do this? Do we take it literally? Wow, that. Well, that's it's like some of the yeah. There's there's some good pick, there's some pickup lines there. Your nose is <laughs> yeah, like is. Your, your nose is like you know a, a tower in Lebanon. Don't say that. To <laughs> yeah, your yeah, life, you know? not... yeah, that doesn't translate to today. <laughs> your belly's like a heap of wheat. I don't remember some of them. Some are pretty funny. Yeah. But it's like I don't know. I don't know if I'd probably get slapped if I. Right, but I if you know. don't have that lens coming yeah. in. Then yeah. you're gonna you're gonna totally miss it. You yeah, know? if you're reading a testimony or if you're reading an epistle. So when Paul wrote the epistles, you know you're not. You know, you're not going to go strong in the, in the area of allegory mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that, unless unless it's it's obvious. But and there's lots of good resources out there for people mm-hmm. who aren't seminary grads or don't want to go down that road. Um, you know, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but there's a book, How to Read Your Bible for All It's Worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Gordon, I think it's Gordon Fee. Is it Gordon Fee? Yeah. There, there's two or three other books in that series. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, like that, that's a good resource that yeah. you know somebody could find, and even you know just you know come come to us as pastors and say, hey, I'm struggling with mm-hmm. this. Um, you know, yeah. we're, we're always glad, we're thrilled to have those kinds yeah. of conversations uh, with people all of the time. Yeah, and yeah. I think part of too is is understanding when we read the Bible that there is a there is a description and a prescription. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, there's times when it's just describing what's happening, 
And it's not saying this is how we, we should live our lives, right? When it's talking about David and Bathsheba, it's saying this is this is just what's happening here. You See, know? that's that's an interesting yeah. thing that you brought up. Because I remember when I first became a Christian and would read the Bible, I would read the Old Testament in a descriptive way. So I would try, I would look at these guys as heroes that are supposed to be emulated. And uh, so I'm trying to like, you know, be like these guys were, okay, Jacob, and he's obviously a patriarch, so... Right. I'm going to try to be more like Jacob. And you start reading Jacob's life and you're going, what do I do with this? <laughs> exactly. You know, because like, that's your, that's your daughter-in-law. You know, you <laughs> right. shouldn't be doing that, Jacob. Uh, so you can't, that doesn't work. So there's yeah. a lot of things that are descriptive. And we yeah. think because the Bible says that there were multiple wives or something going on, well, maybe, is this prescript? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it was not something God, you know, a, a lot of the stuff we read, God hated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we, we don't, we shouldn't, these aren't prescriptive. And you think about people yeah. that do, so that's an example, I think, too, of reading it literally, mm-hmm. where they take that as a prescription and so then you have you know, I mean look at a certain religions they're like oh yeah we got four wives and it's fine you know it's not a big deal it's right. like that's not what God was describing yeah I mean he was describing it but he's not saying this is how you should live yeah well you, you know. know people that like that can be for some people that are you know against the Bible their argument like well the Bible promotes you know multiple mm-hmm. wives the Bible promotes you know incest or these kinds of things that slavery you know slavery you know, yeah. that, that we read in the Bible that, that we know as Christians aren't good but you know people use those arguments mm-hmm. against the Bible Saying, well, the Bible promotes these things. Yeah, right. Well, let me. So let me let me ask you guys this. So, um, in regards to the, the accusation that we pick and choose, um, talk maybe a little about, you know, the question of what covenant are we in? What covenant are we mm-hmm. dealing with? Because that's that's a huge yeah. aspect as, as far as how we read our Bibles. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> First Corinthians, what talks about Jesus when he was having the Passover with his celebrating the Passover with his disciples, talked about the new covenant. You know, um, and I, I just don't know that. I mean, if we think about it historically, I don't know. We probably, well, even in churches, I don't think we we kind of walk through covenants. We, I don't mm-hmm. know that you would ask most people that are that are genuine believers, even ones that have, have probably even grown up in the church, I, I don't know that they could describe the covenants, because it's sort of like you just leave that out, and now we, you, know, it's, you know, we're obviously in this one, so, right. you know, but I think those are important, because they help us to understand where we're at, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and I think in regards to the, the, the thing I'm getting at, I guess, is, you know, the old covenant was given to the nation of Israel, uh, and its purpose was to basically, at the end of the day, show them that they couldn't ever become righteous on their own. Mm-hmm. And we, we learned that from the New Testament. So a lot of the people are saying, well, you guys, you don't stone people anymore. You eat shellfish now. You right. wear, you know, shirts made out of two different materials. You know, all the things that the law prescribed, the ceremonial and the civil law, mm-hmm. th- those were for a time for a specific people, right. for a specific purpose. The new covenant says that we, we've entered into something different now. Yeah. We've entered into grace, a, a covenant of grace and not a covenant of law. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we get to do whatever we want. Right. And it doesn't mean that the law is not good. But those things aren't binding on Christians today mm-hmm. because Christ fulfilled the law for us. Yeah. So if you don't understand that, right. and, and most non-Christians probably don't, Mm-mm. then it's going to look like we're picking and choosing, we're yeah. being hypocrites, when we're not at all. We're just following the new covenant. We're yeah. actually following the teachings of Christ. Right. right. But that's, you know, it's hard to explain that to people, but that's kind of the starting point of just Bible 101. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. When you think about, um, I'm trying to think here with, you know, even in Christ— you know where he talks about he came to, he didn't come to fulfill the law, but he. But you think about the things that Christ sort of laid out, and even in his teachings, and most, I think, most of the Ten Commandments, with the exception probably of one, he's taught about. You know, the Sabbath would be Correct. the one that I, I mean, I, I see him talking about it, but 
you see how he lived his life, and that was that was kind of the one that he oftentimes got in trouble for. It's because Christ you know. is the better Sabbath, right. Jeff. Right. <laughs> but no, you're right. Yeah. All, the stuff that, that needed to be repeated got repeated. So, right. so, so, yeah. Yeah, and but, even, it, but even it's when not you look that, at that the, the Old Testament isn't relevant. I think that's correct. the hard part. And I think, you know, I had a professor once that said the the worst page in the Bible is the, the blank one between the Old and the New Testament. That's right. You know, because it, it tells us, you know, it's like somehow, okay, well, that's done, and now it's... But it's like I can read things in the Old Testament and see... I don't see that. I don't see that that's happened yet. Well, you even see the Council of Jerusalem yeah. mm-hmm. where, where Paul had been out evangelizing Gentiles, yeah. uh, telling them about the new covenant in Christ. And then they come back to the to this council and say, hey, what do we need to, what, what do we need to hold to? Because people are saying we still need to right. circumcise, mm-hmm. we still need to follow certain aspects of the law. Yeah. And what they came back with was basically, you know, that, that stuff is, I mean, they, they confirm what we're saying mm-hmm. right now. And so so this is very consistent. This isn't something yeah. we're just pulling out of thin air. No. Um, Christ fulfilled the law on our behalf. He is our righteousness. We're in a covenant of grace now. Um, if it were up to us to keep the law, we'd be in the same spot as the Old Testament right. Christians where, we, you know, we, we, we can't do it. Yeah. And that was the point. It was like a schoolmaster telling us, you guys are going to fall short. You need right. Christ. So so the good news is Jesus mm-hmm. came and, and did this, you know, did for yeah. us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Amen. And, and now we're in a covenant that's different. You know? Yeah. And and he's also put the place his Holy Spirit is, which you've talked about several times today, that the deal maker or the deal changer, whatever it is. Yeah. The, Game, game changer. Game changer. Is that what you're That's going what for? I There's no deal in this. Game changer that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So now, you know, he's written his law in our hearts. Now yeah. we have a desire that we, you know, now we can walk in, in righteousness because yeah. of him and, and yeah. we couldn't before. So it, it, all of this a, changes everything. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good practice, too, just maybe as a bit of a, <clears throat> a side note, but I think an important side note is that when we come to Scripture, I, I've just gotten for me and, and just personally my own habit of, you know, when I come to Scripture, just, you know, praying before I mm-hmm. read Scripture yeah. uh, and asking just for help to understand it. Yeah. Uh, even though, like, you know, we've all been pastors for a long time, and, like, there's a level of, you know, probably competence that we have just because mm-hmm. of, you know, how long we've been at this. Yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> listening to John Piper one day uh, talking about every time he walks into the pulpit, he just utters a, a prayer as he's walking up saying, Lord, please make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would think if there's anybody in the world that, that has something, <laughs> like, it might be him, right? Like, he's not bringing nothing. Yeah. But in his mind, he's like, like help make something out of nothing, mm-hmm. and that's just always stuck with me of... You know, yeah. if, if a guy like that needs help, and, and how much more do I need the help as well? And he also asking had a, God to reveal to me what I need to know yeah. when I read Scripture. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things from your law um, is a Scripture that he would, yeah. he, he actually okay. like would put at the top of his sermons, I guess. So yeah. he would just, you know, basically ask God to yeah. illuminate mm-hmm. uh, the Yeah, because isn't there, yeah. Uh, there is this sense of humility, not only when we come to read God's Word, but I think we all feel... Uh, the, the weight of that when we preach God's word because yes. it is it this is a sense where we are saying thus saith the Lord you know to our people and right. I think that that is we have to stand on that biblical authority because otherwise I mean at the end of the day I feel like you know if if we're preaching the Bible or we're teaching the Bible we're reading the Bible learning it and that's what we're sharing with others well at the end of the day who are they going to take that up with right you know, they can take it right. up with the Lord you know but I think the that I think those are key pieces to it because I think oftentimes we we read it and we're like oh, I don't but then we just leave sometimes we just leave it well I don't understand it well sometimes you guys know this too we I can read a passage 15 times and finally after that 15th time I'm oh that right that makes sense sure you yeah. know and I don't whatever the reason maybe I'm just a slow learner I don't know but it's like you're but I think each time the holy spirit is is 
bringing up new things that were just like, oh, wow, that, I didn't see that before. Well, and that goes to what you talked about before. The word yeah. is living and it's yeah. active and it's like a two-edged sword. It does surgery when it needs to on an area yeah. that we need surgery on. And sometimes, right. you know, yeah. that, that can be three years down the road from the time <laughs> you read it. And then it'll just slay you. It's like, how did I not see this before? Yeah. And it cuts you, you know, cuts yep. you asunder, sure. as, as I would say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another one that um, I want to just throw out to you guys as far as the way we read our Bible is understanding figures of speech. Uh, maybe can you guys kind of talk about what that would what that would mean. Because we, we use figures of speech mm-hmm. all the time, and it, it changes the way we understand things. Such as? Uh, hyperbole, idiom, okay. metaphor, gotcha. um, you know, yeah. sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm following you there. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Chad? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sarcasm, see? That's, What's the, the first rule of condescending of club is, oh, yeah. never mind, you won't understand it. <laughs> Perfect. That's what that was. I mean, you have you have Jesus talking about, you know, putting camels through eyes of needles, mm-hmm. and, and we don't take that literally. Right, because right. we understand that he doesn't literally mean that. Right. Or um, right. there's a there's one in John uh, twelve nineteen where the Pharisees say, you know, you see that we're gaining nothing. Look, the whole world is going after mm-hmm. him. Well, that that wasn't what was happening, but they were using you know extreme yeah. speech to try to make a point. And the Bible is full of these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, "I'm a door. I'm a bread. I'm mm-hmm. you know, eat my body." I, I mean, on and on and mm-hmm. on. And again, we don't take any of these things literally. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I mean I think the context I think is is a critical piece to it. I don't know that we always understand that, you know. So I think even right. when you're reading a, a chapter of the Bible, maybe I'm reading Acts 11, it's important that I'm reading Acts 10 and, and Acts 13, you know, or Acts 12. So I'm I'm just being able to see the context in which things are happening there. And I think there are times when it just is obvious like okay, that is obviously he's using hyperbole or he's speaking metaphorically or and I I think yeah. I mean, there are times when I don't think it's as clear, but I think for the most part, it's pretty clear when that when I, that's there. Yep. And I wonder sometimes, you know, if the critique of that is, well, how am I supposed to take that literally? It's like you're you're actually just you're just finding something, you know, to to say that about. And that I think sometimes maybe some of those things become a, a bit of a smokescreen for right. others because they don't really want to. Well, they don't really want to bring their lives into submission to God's word because that means, well, then that means I got to probably change some things that are <laughs> that are happening here. Right. Really, um, and that's 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 a lot of it too. But I think there's a, there's an old adage, and this is a good rule to follow: when the plain sense makes common sense, seek no other sense. Mm-hmm. So when we're reading God's word, if it's pretty clear that, like, when Paul says something, even though it's hard about yeah. gender roles or, or yep. women, what they should and shouldn't do in the church and things like that. It's mm-hmm. like, this isn't obscure. Right, this isn't right. hard. You know, this is clear. Yep. He's not using, you know, metaphor. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, it's just, you just don't like what he's saying. Yeah. And so there's not, we don't really need to seek another sense for this, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we do. Um, and, and this is another area where we talk about scripture, interpreting scripture. And so when you're talking about context, that really, that plays into it as well. Yeah. Um, if the Bible is consistent from, from the beginning to end about gender roles, for instance, which it is, mm-hmm. um, we don't really need to try to play fast and loose with this. Right. It, it's it, we, it. You can see the heart of God mm-hmm. yeah. very clearly. Yeah. You know whether you like it or not, and and we don't need to play around with that or try to find right. loopholes. But we, yeah. we see that very often. It yeah. Seems. And we try to find I think those loopholes because the the Bible in those instances doesn't line up with cultural mm-hmm. narrative. Correct. And so we we feel the need to soften it, right? Like rather yeah. th- rather than bow to the authority of Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we feel the need to, to soften it or try to explain it away or jump through hoops to make it say mm-hmm. something it doesn't say. Well, and that's that's and that's what we're seeing everywhere right now today. Slope. You know, with sexual, you know, um, immorality. Yeah. With with all of these things, is there's a cultural pressure to conform. 
and and now we're seeing people do it mm-hmm. and they're just yes. you have to ignore the clear word you know the clear teachings in the word of god to do that that's right. that's a problem you yeah. you've picked a team at that point whether you realize it or not yeah, yeah. and it's not good. and they're asking the same question satan asked in the garden what did god really say yeah did he really say it? oh yeah he yeah. did you know and yeah. i think that's the, the i think sometimes the challenge with that oftentimes is it can be someone's experience that they've had. It it oftentimes is, is an emotional thing, too, I think, as well. It's like, well, God did say that, but I have a family member that is, or right. I'm actually doing this. Yeah, emotion and, comes in, or yeah. personal yeah. experience comes in, and, and we let that and kind of sway. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It We're, trumps the truth I mean, yeah, at right. the end of the day, I think. And I think there's, you know, there used to be the term, kind of the idea of eisegesis and exegesis, you know, where I'm... I'm reading and, and exegeting what the text is actually saying. The other part of it in eisegesis is I'm I'm taking my own personal perspective or opinions or beliefs, and I'm I'm reading that then to the text. And so yeah. then I think that what that's what happens when these debates occur around uh, who saves. Right. You know, well, does God come hundred percent, or do I come ten and He comes ninety? You know these, but it's like. But when you read the scriptures, and when it says, you know, we're we're, go- we're in the book of Acts, and this week it's in thirteen, it says thirteen forty eight. were appointed. You know, it's like <laughs> I got us in trouble years gotta, ago. You got to be able to look at that and say, this is what he's saying here. Yeah. yeah, you know, and maybe it makes you uncomfortable. But why is that? I think that's what people don't want to wrestle with: is why is this making me uncomfortable? Sure, they, don't to want, they don't want the tension. You know, we don't yeah. like tension. Yeah. Well, but I think that's when we grow the most, isn't it? When we sure. have to wrestle with that tension, and I think we. Even in the church, I think we've sort of become a comfortable culture. Like, yeah. well, yeah, we don't want you. To, we don't want it to stir us up too much, right? You know. Well, and I think when we come to those things, we we almost throw up, throw in the towel and say, "Well, who can know? Who can know what these things mean?" You know, <laughs> clearly that we just, right. it, you know, we can't ever find. And no, that's not true. Yeah, we have to understand that the author intended something when he wrote it, mm-hmm. and and I believe the author is the Holy Spirit. But even even. Paul or whoever, you know, they, they intended something yeah. that we can figure out. We have to might work at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, there's there's rules like other scriptures. We have to yeah. you know, context all these things. But we need to honestly seek what God intended and then mm-hmm. apply it. And, and so that means, you know, we, we have to do a little bit of work sometimes. Yeah. But but it's not like a mystery that we can't solve most of the time. It's usually something we just don't want to bend our will to. Right. Sure. <laughs> and, and there are mysteries that we aren't going to solve in the Bible. There are Correct. some things that we're just not meant to know this side of sure. heaven. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there is a mystery, but maybe not as much mystery as we tend to think there might be. It well, kind of becomes an excuse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah because yeah. we try to say, well, okay, maybe let's not take this in a literal way. But we'll do that like with hell, for instance. That That's mm-hmm. one right now that you're seeing a lot of people yeah. saying, okay, that's I, that, I don't like that. We don't have a problem taking heaven literally. And, and right. this is this is the part where we start <laughs> to get inconsistent. Okay, yeah. we all we all have no problem with that. Yeah. Okay, we're eternal souls that will live forever somewhere. Mm-hmm. Ah, but I don't like, but hell, we can't take that literally. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven, yeah, let's take... And, and we do this with all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And, and even, I would say even politically we're doing this. I don't know if you guys want to walk down this road with me. <laughs> but think about this. If you're a conservative, think about the scriptures that you take literally. And if you're a uh, liberal, think about the scriptures and, and, vice, and the ones you won't take literally. Sure. It's pretty weird. You know, right. it's totally weird. We'll have no problem as conservatives saying, you know, the ones about life, sanctity of life, the mm-hmm. ones about, um, you know, sexual, you know, uh, immorality. Yeah. Um, even though half of them are guilty of doing things like that, you know, conservatives right. not, you know, I mean, it's, but then when it comes to care for the immigrant or the orphan or yeah. the, right. you know, or whatever, I mean, stuff yeah. that's repeated a hundred times in the Bible. Yeah. We, we, ah, no, we don't have to pay attention to that stuff. Right. Yeah. It's weird. So the yeah. bottom line is like everybody picks and chooses to some extent. Mm-hmm. Right. None of us take God's word perfectly as God's word. Right? Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's where I, I, I was just having a discussion with somebody the other day about this is that I think there, when you begin to, you know, somebody the other day said to me, you know, when you, when you place an ism at the end of something, you tend to sometimes get in trouble, you know, <laughs> but I think there's this idea that we want to try to define all these even theological terms, but but at the same time, we also need to be able to come back to God's Word and say, what does the Bible tell us? Right. What is it teaching us in regard to these things? And I think it's, it's understanding that the Bible has given us those things to understand. I don't, I don't think the Bible speaks to everything in, right. in our world. There just were things. There are just things going on even now that that wasn't happening then in that in that time in that culture. But I don't think it means that we just throw that out. I well, think it means that so we, that's that's a good example of like cultural nuance. There's there's things like greet yeah. each other with a holy kiss, mm-hmm. head coverings, um, you know, foot washings, anointing with oil. So we don't we don't necessarily do some of those things. I mean, I, I don't want to start greeting people with a holy kiss <laughs> at all. But that's mentioned in the Bible I'd, a lot. I'd say it depends right. on the person. So do we take that literally, or <laughs> do we kidding. say, okay, what's what's the cultural principle that applies <laughs> here? Be welcoming to one another. Be excited when you see somebody. Yeah. Foot washing. We, we clearly have this idea of of humbling yourself and being some. You know, we again in our culture we don't wash feet. We don't right. anoint with oil a lot. But there are principles that are clear mm-hmm. from these things yes. that we're still supposed to submit to and apply. Yeah. You know, they're they're hard. You know, and but so those are areas where it does get a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, there's more interpretation that needs to happen. Yeah. But we don't just ignore them and throw them out. What's right. what's the author intended, and what's the principle we're supposed to take from this? Yeah. Right. So that's good. Um. So what would you guys say to somebody then who says that the Bible doesn't mean that anymore? Because this this is happening a lot. Maybe. <laughs> I guess I'd have to give you an example, but but I mean, you know, this is to me, this is a slippery, dangerous kind of a slope. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, I think you just made the point that that you know there there are principles at play that, that span time and history and cultures, and so even though um, you know something like a holy kiss, we, we might not do that anymore. That the principle still plays, and so I think we have to be willing to look at that. Um, you know, when we say, okay, maybe the, maybe that was a cultural thing, a descriptive to your point earlier, mm-hmm. Jeff, um, of something happening at a specific time. Uh, but there's a principle that that spans time and culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and I think trying to understand what are the ones that are timeless that yeah. do you know because I think we can. We, it is easy to pick and choose, and you know some might say that even in gender roles. As I well, would say sexual was, immorality, gender that roles. Was then, the Bible you know. doesn't mean that anymore, guys. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. yeah but it I does, think, it does I think mean there's that more that, <laughs> and I think there's there's, I think it, those things are spoken of more in the Bible, which because I, I think what happens a lot of times is people tend to take a verse or this you know this verse that verse this pat and they kind of you know they kind of focus it in on that solely. Mm-hmm. But it's like, right. but but the Bible speaks to this in other ways as well. There's other places in the Bible where it speaks to sexual immorality, homosexuality, uh, right. gender roles. I mean, there's there's other places where it's speaking to that throughout the scriptures. And I think it's it's again, it's saying, okay, we may not, the women don't come into the church and have head coverings. There are some churches that do. Right. Okay. They're they're reading that more literally, and I don't know that I would say I have a problem with that. I just don't think that it's it's when you're imposing that on somebody else saying, well, you need to follow the same thing I am. 
but I think it, but again, I think those, those principles behind it are timeless. I don't think we can get away from those. Well, um, and even the character of God is timeless because he, yeah. he, you know, he is the same today, yesterday and forever. And, and we need to know that God's mm-hmm. heart, his heart didn't change about something. Right. And so if he felt this way about it in the old Testament, and he, he feels that way about it now. And yeah. I think we try to, we try to dismiss that sometimes. Um, and I think there's also just the element that God's word is precious to him, should be precious to us. Yep. It's mm-hmm. good for us. I, I think often we, we, we look at it as restrictive or, you know, that it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just going to take all the fun away from my life or right. he's just trying to keep me down. Or, I don't know what we think about it sometimes, but like you said, it, it contains everything we need for life and godliness. It's, it's good for us. It's, it's a yeah. light to our feet and a lamp to our path. Yeah. And so if it is restrictive or if it is going against the cultural norms, we need to understand this is a good father, mm-hmm. a good, good father. I'm sorry. It's who he is. 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 But I mean, we have to, sorry, after I say that, it pops in my head. I want to say it twice now. Anyway, but he is, he, he's, he's loving us. He's caring mm-hmm. for us. He's protecting us. And we don't, you we don't want to think like, that We're way. loved by him? We are. <laughs> We are. It's who you are. Keep it going. Jeff. Well, and it's, I think too, it's one of those things where, so then ultimately, trusting the Bible means that we're trusting God, you know, because He's yes. given it to us. And I think yeah. that's probably the sometimes the bigger thing that that I have to ask myself, and I have to ask people as well, is to say, okay, so do you trust God? Is God trustworthy? Right. If He is, and He's laid this out for us then we have to trust him that even though it's uncomfortable or it um, is hard, it, there's a purpose and a reason for it behind yes, it. And, right. and the reason he's given it to us, he may not, al- he may not always fully reveal that to us, but yeah. we have to trust him that there is a purpose and a plan in it, Absolutely. even when we don't fully understand it. Because yeah. I think it's, again, that goes to, okay, God is trustworthy. He does have my good and his glory in mind. Absolutely. And so I have yes. to... I and have the to cool thing is there. that this book is amazing enough that it actually trans... I mean, it, it travels all the way through time to be relevant in 2022 in Central Oregon. Yeah. And it was relevant when Jesus... You know, spoke right. it, and when the apostles wrote it, it that's an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, again, it's it's proven. I don't think we have to you know stretch too far to, to see that. But the other thing I would think of um, in regards to the idea that the Bible doesn't mean that anymore, kind of people that are saying that kind of stuff, the idea of, of adding to God's word or taking away from God's word, you stand before Him someday. Yes. Be careful. No, not good. Right. I mean, be really careful with that. Uh, he put it in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It matters to Him. Uh, yeah, you know, don't don't play fast and loose with the, with the word of God. No, um, submit to it. Yeah, um, it's an authority over you. Take it seriously. You know, even if you yeah. don't like it, even if it. You know, what I found is that when I finally humble myself, even in you know mm-hmm. topics like uh, the, the election, this is one of those things that I for for the longest time I fought against it. I didn't like it. Rubbed me the wrong <laughs> way. I, I just got to the point where I said, you know what, God, if this is all true, I love you, mm-hmm. and and and, I, and you're right, and I, and I'm going to submit to that. And yeah. I finally yeah. just humbled myself under the word of God. Yeah. And it was amazing the change that happened in my heart about it. it, yeah. it, it, it what was just the thing I was in angst over all of a sudden just became up like a pillow to put my yeah. head on. I don't know how that works, but I just submitted and said, I trust you. Like you yeah. said, and it, yeah. and it, it changed everything. Well, it's yeah. an important, you know, you mentioned earlier, Brent, the, the presupposition that God's word is authoritative, mm-hmm. but, but there's also a presupposition that we have to have that, that it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you, when we hear the word authority, you know, that sometimes that ruffles our feathers, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that can't a, tell can, me what can to have do. a negative connotation. <laughs> um, so God's word is authoritative. You're not the boss of me. Uh, we should submit to it, right? Yeah. We should humble ourselves, uh, but it's good. And yeah. so if we come to God's word with this presupposition that it's good, yep. then, then we're going to have 
maybe a little bit different view mm-hmm. as opposed to looking that like God has us under his thumb or you right. know, that yeah. you know, he's a prude or whatever. Well, and yeah. isn't that, that that passage in Second Timothy where it talks about what it is it is profitable for yes. reproof or correction, you know, training, training and righteousness. And righteousness yeah. You know, and I think that we have to understand that God's word it comforts us, it it encourages us, it exhorts us. You know, it yeah. convicts us. I mean, well, and we need it. You know, yeah. I mean, again, yeah, let's it's say like the presupposition it, is that we need it. It is. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're children, and he's the father, and he knows what's right. best for us. And we, we anybody that's had authority. kids, you know what that's like. They don't they don't get why you're doing what you're doing half the right. time, but you're doing it because you love them, and, and it's mm-hmm. it's the best thing for them. Yeah. Um, and we're we're fallible in that. He's not. God mm-hmm. is. God is. You know, he gets it right every time. Yeah. yeah. So. I was going to ask you guys about the supernatural stuff in the Bible, um, because, you know, obviously that would be the other thing. You know, did Jesus literally, you know, do this and literally do that? And, and again, we would say yes. When it comes to the miracles and the healings that we see, yeah, right. we, we believe Absolutely. that God is capable of, you know, yeah. all of that. If we believe he spoke everything into existence with a word, then, yeah. It's like, it you know, can he make water into wine? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't trip me up at all. Right. So we would take those things literally. Um, but, it, but as far as kind of just... Um, Final thoughts. Um, this could be overwhelming to somebody. We just laid out like a lot of different rules. You got to consider, you mm-hmm. know, genre. Right. genre you got to consider figures of speech. You got to consider context, authorial intent, all these things that we talked about. Somebody could be going, "How am I ever going to read the Bible?" Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to them if they're not like a theologian or yeah. a huge student of the Bible? Mm-hmm. How I, would I you think, encourage? I them? think for all of us, every week when we preach, we endeavor to employ these ideas, right? Yeah. And so. Um, you know, li- li- listen to your pastors and see how they interpret <laughs> scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not saying that we are, are perfect in it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not. We're fallible men. Um, you know, as every pastor in the pulpit is a fallible man. Um, but, but we endeavor to employ you know these tactics as we unpack God's word to you. Well, and I wouldn't not just not just the pastors in your church because I I agree with that. Yeah. But there are so many good teachers, solid teachers out there that are available and maybe yeah. you don't know who some of those people are pick good ones pick people mm-hmm. that are solid right, right. but but God has give, gifted the church with teachers to help with this yeah. and and so take advantage of that yeah, yeah there's lots of good. You know, good books and resources and we're happy to recommend you know those uh, as well yeah. yep. um, but but th- this isn't as complicated I, I don't think as it sounds i mean there's a lot of stuff here mm-hmm. um, but but i don't think it's quite as complicated as it sounds and and again you know i think any of us are willing to meet with anybody anytime to yeah. talk through some of these things you know, we would be thrilled to have that kind of conversation with anybody. And we're trying to make sure that it's clear that objective truth can be known. Mm -hmm. Right. This isn't something that just, you know, how, how could we ever pot? No, we can know we can know what's important. And I love that God has put the, the the cookies on the bottom shelf. I I like to think of it that way. This isn't stuff that you have to really, you know, Mm -hmm. struggle to get to what needs to be known about God, about you, about salvation, about Christ. He's made it very, very clear and evident. We can get to it. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, Chad talked about Josh McDowell. I read a book from his called, I think it was called Right from Wrong. I don't know how many years ago this was, but he talks about the idea that we we have the absolute objective standard of truth in God's Word. That yep. it, it it transcends culture, it transcends circumstance, it, it transcends time. And being able to understand it and come to God's Word as that absolute standard of truth, I think, helps us to know we can know the truth. Yes. And regardless of what hap- is happening in the world, you know, where truth is relative, we can know the truth. It, I think the right. challenge sometimes is submitting to the truth of God's Word. Sure. I think the other thing that we probably as pastors, and I, and I would say this to any preacher, is I think we have to be careful as well in our preaching that we don't make it seem like 
well, you have to have this, or you have to know the original languages, or right. you have to to be sure. able to understand it. We've got you know? that down, Jeff. <laughs> but I think it's it's important because I think sometimes we can. Well, here is the parsing of it's like yeah. most people don't care. We used to do that. I mean, David and I, I know, yeah. did it. I don't know if you were guilty of it, Chad, but we when we were at a church and been together for a while, uh, the more impressive we could be the better we thought we were doing. Yeah. And, and, and it was silly. Sure. It was, it was, I don't know what we were looking for. We were just trying to impress the guys in the room and, and get pats on the back and look really. And, and at some point we thought we need to almost speak on a fifth grade level, you know? Right. So if there's a kid in the crowd or, or somebody who loves God's word and walked with them for 50 years, they both benefit from yeah. it. Yes. And so we, we actually try to talk about a street level as we can yeah. and make sure that we make it accessible Yeah. because what, what, I don't know what good we're doing if we're just, if we're using words, nobody understands exactly. or concepts or, you know, right. propitiation is a fantastic word. Right. If we use it, great, but explain what you mean explain by it. it you know, exactly. it's yeah. just, yeah. Christianese, we speak yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and again, if you're pr- trying to be missional and you're hoping that you're bringing, you know, people are walking out that street, what are they hearing? Right. Um, what are they, you know, let's make sure that we're not putting any obstacle in their way that would prevent them from yeah. coming to Christ. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yep. yeah. I think prayer is the other piece that's key. When you, like I think you mentioned earlier, is when I come to read the Bible, I pray, ask God's Spirit to to, to show me what, what I need to yeah. understand from it. I think the other piece of it, too, is just to be simple. I think, and what I mean by that is that you don't have to sit down and read a chapter. If you want to, you can, or you run and read a whole book, great. But just start, you know, just even if you just spent 10 minutes a day in the Word of God, just reading a couple of verses or memorizing a couple of verses, whatever it might be, just beginning there is is critical. I just don't know how often our people are in the Word of God. Right. And I just think to understand we need this. It, it yep. has to be a part of our life, you know, otherwise we, sh- we should expect that we aren't going to submit to it or that we're going to read it differently or that we're going to be critical of it because we're not, we're, we, we can't understand if you're not in it. Well, I love the idea that, you know, his word doesn't, it, it accomplishes its yeah. purpose. It doesn't return void. And, and so if you want to grow as a Christian, um, Get in the word, you know. That's yeah, a, you know, no, no word, no growth. Little word, little growth. Much yeah. word, much growth. It's it's just a true principle that yeah. I've, I've seen over and over again. And it doesn't mean that you have to just sit down and read, like you said, for an hour every morning. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways to get God's word into your into your life throughout yeah. the day. Whether yeah. it's whether it's listening to it, um, you know, uh, sermons, podcasts. Um, I'm constantly filling my head with God's word throughout yeah. the day yeah. in different ways, and I'm not just reading it. And, yeah. and praise God, He's given us access to so many things a like lot. that. It's cool. Yeah. So um, uh, we do believe that the Bible should and can be taken literally when it's meant to, but more importantly, we, we believe that the Bible is true, and it's reliable, yep. and it's and sufficient, good. and it's authoritative, yeah. and it's good. And, and, and if anybody out there is, is kind of in that mindset in a Bible study where they're talking about, well, I think it means this, or I feel like, you know, you know, you, you probably need to rethink this idea of, of the authority of the Bible in your yeah. life. And be willing to submit to what it says for your good and for God's glory, which yep. you which you mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. It's good. Amen. Amen. When Amen. you guys want to, you guys get to pray. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I'll like pray right now. <laughs>
Go ahead, Jeff. Lord, thanks uh, just for the time we can have together. Thank you for uh, these brothers in this church that are proclaiming your word and the gospel. And Lord, we just are grateful for the people even listening today. And we we ask that you would just continue to impress upon us the the importance and the value of of reading and studying your word and applying it to our life. And we ask that you would continually help us as Christians to bring our lives into submission to the authority of God's word and not the other way around. And Lord, that we would live as you've called us to live and as you've laid it out for us in the scriptures. Thank you for your word that you've given to us. Uh, that is reliable, it's trustworthy, it's true, it's uh, it's good, and Lord, um, it, it is is incredibly valuable in, in our living, our life according to it. So help us in that endeavor, help us to be faithful to you and to your word, and we trust in your spirit um, to work in our lives through it. So thank you for this time we've had today. We just commit the rest of our day to you in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you, Jeff, for joining us yeah, today. It's always, always, always good pleasure. to have you. And uh, if you listen to this and enjoy it, uh, let other people know about it, share it, do all those things so that uh, so that we can reach more people because we think this is a pretty worthwhile thing that, that we're doing, and hopefully you do too. <laughs> um, and then more questions. So good when we get to oh, yes. Thank you for the question we got today. Um, if you have more of them, let us know. Yeah, We'll see you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.